The podcast for the inquisitive diver. Hey there, dive buddies, and welcome to the final episode of season three. Now, as 2022 draws to a close and I'm on one of my favorite dive locations, I decided to reflect a little on where the show started. Since I started recording episodes, we've accrued 55 hours of audio entertainment with 52 amazing guests on the show. However, the chap sat to my right. However, he's not one of them. He's also also (laughs) slightly amazing and slightly barking mad. But right back in, we started in July 2020. Is that when it was? Uh, yeah. And I messaged Jace and said, hey, I've got this idea for a podcast. Shall we, uh, shall we give it a go? And we, we tried remotely. Once. Twice. Three times. <laughs> <laughs> and four edits. <laughs> four. Um, so uh, overall, uh, Shark, uh, Shark Guardian ended up being the first proper episode. However, the first man to be involved and helping scuba go emerge was my good mate here jason fondis of uh, blue corner noosa panida uh welcome to the show jace thank you very much again back <laughs> i didn't realize that it was that long ago actually. yeah well i kind of realized it was that long ago but i didn't realize it that, that the pandemic had taken hold yet i thought it was just before but um, clearly i was wrong yeah well i think i started thinking about it once the pandemic hit and i was sat at home bored as fuck and um it just went from there. I was sat in a pool. <laughs> <laughs> I know which place I'd rather be. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're here on, on Panida. You're back. So at least we get some proper audio this time instead of <laughs> and waiting and waiting. Have you still got that file? Yes. <laughs> no, not that one. Ooh, no. <laughs> Is this the one you were thinking of? All right, let's do it again. Yeah, that was... Well, it wasn't without his issues. Teething problems, I think they call it. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a calculate uh, or count up earlier on. Uh, 52 episodes. 52. Flip the number. We've got 52 hours of audio. Wow. That's good. Two mounts up, doesn't it? Congratulations. Cheers, buddy. One for every week of a year. Yeah. I'll, I'll touch myself to that. You touch yourself to that. <laughs> I've got water. Mm. Now, yes, sir. talking of water and um, the lovely Noosa Panida. Um, if you've not listened to the first uh, season with, with Jason as episode two, um, you can do. Or you can listen to the chat talk now and make your ears bleed. Um, the, end of, the end of season four. At <laughs> the end of season Start four. Start season one, the end of season four. Yeah. That's, um, next one will be season, in space. Oh, sorry. Not season four, season three. Season three. Getting ahead of myself. Season four starts January. Yeah, uh, now you see, this is like The Witcher, where what's going to happen is I will be replaced by somebody else for the next season. So if you do come back, <laughs> it'll be Henry Cavill, maybe. I don't know, it'll be somebody else. So yeah, I, I finish at the end of season three, it'll be somebody else here next time. Yeah. <laughs> Convert to Henry Cavill. Yeah. <laughs> Checking out if you're uh, on the rides. I'm not sure I can afford his wage, but we can try. Yeah. Welcome yeah. back to Panino anyway. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, lovely dives today. Absolutely spanking. Um, but before we start talking about the dives that we've had today and, and possibly the wobble dive yesterday, yeah. um, let's back it up and um, give us an overview of how you've managed to stay alive mentally, physically and, and yeah. business. Yeah, I guess it's been two long years, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, rewinding back to the start, um, we so Indonesia as a, as a nation pretty much shut down, shut down. Um, for about five months. 
uh, where where you could well, let me think what was that yeah end of March so April May June July August. yeah about four four and a half to five months yeah. um, you couldn't even travel from one little line to another I know unless unless you're a, unless people have a little look at the maps they might not be uh, realize how um, uh, how close some of the islands are so the Nusa Islands are Nusa Lembongan Nusa Chenengan and Nusa Penida um, they're all sister islands um, the furthest boat ride from one to another is about ten minutes um, we weren't allowed to go from one island to another. Um, so, you know, people who got families on other ones, they, they weren't necessarily allowed to do that. And that was for like sort of four or five months. We still had fast boats coming in, bringing in produce and stuff. So there was still like the stores open. Um, but yeah, at that point it was, it was very quiet. People didn't know what was going to go on. It's how long is this going to be going on for? You know, same the world over. Um, and then in sort of like the end of August, beginning of September, um, Indonesia, sort of started saying that they could open for like domestic tourism which for a dive business isn't necessarily brilliant because obviously um most of the indonesians who dive work in the industry obviously there's a few um indonesians out there who uh have done well for themselves and they do it as a as a sort of um uh, you know like a holiday sort of thing and and, and it's more of a hobby than it is work yeah. and again indonesia being one of the best places in the world to dive. If you get said Indonesians who come and do a bit of diving around Panini, they're not just going to come back every weekend. You know, there's Alor, there's Ambon, there's, you know, Rajampat, there's Komodo, there's everywhere, yeah. right? Just pick an island and then, you know, you're, you're, you're gold. Like, pretty much you can dive. Well, you can. You can dive around any island in Indonesia. So, um, yeah, it wasn't without its difficulties. I mean, when, when we closed up... Um, and, and we really couldn't do much. We, we, we had like nothing. We had like 20 million. We had like $2,000 um, of, of like money lying around. Uh, that basically paid the power, the water, the pool chemicals all the way up. It actually uh, happily ended roughly around the time when we could open again to domestic tourism, um, which again, what's quite lucky in some respects is um, a lot of people decided to wait it out in Bali. Um, you know, for some people who work remotely, uh, for some people who are, I don't know, just um, who can live without having to work necessarily. Uh, there's a lot of people who live in Bali and, and, um, and, and make their lives there. So there was then the odd one or two people coming over. So we did things like boat share with our sister centre in Lembong to keep costs down. Um, and that pushed us through for another year and a bit, I suppose you could say, until we could open up fully. Um, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't without his difficulties, but though those people who like, I mean, there was a really, really, really nice guy, um, a Dutch guy and his, and his Russian girlfriend who he met in Indonesian Borneo and he worked remotely. She, I think does the same sort of thing. Yeah. And they actually got together during, <laughs> during this, during this kind of like, you know, shutdown, they decided, well, I'm not going to go anywhere. This is a beautiful place. This is a, and, and I mean, to be fair, if you could afford it, like as in if, if you were independently wealthy or if you were working remotely, this was one of the best places, I, I suppose, same as like Philippines or whatnot, if you could get around. Um, I, don't, I don't know how shut down the Philippines were, but um, like you, this, it was the best time to be in Indonesia because obviously um, you could get from point A to point B with minimal hassle because there was nobody else on, on travel and transport and whatnot. Yeah. If you were diving at places, um, you were getting you're getting almost like VIP one-on-one -on -one treatment. You're, you know, one of sort of two or three people around. Uh, the dive site was all yours. 
um, you're you were yeah I mean it was it was it was kingly treatment and obviously you know at that time even though it's counterproductive um, the prices were lower yeah. <laughs> because people wanted to get some bums on seats uh, it was counterproductive because obviously everybody needed money it's like oh I'm going to drop it it's like, that's not smart but um, some people were like literally slit their own throats and and kind of like slashed prices where you're going where you you there's no way you could do that like because fuel alone is going to be X amount or whatever. But um, we had this very nice Dutch guy, like I said, this Dutch guy and his Russian girl, super, super nice people. They actually came back to us like five times. Um, they were based in, in, in Bali. They, they went to Komodo and stuff, but um, we were very close. Um, one of the benefits of, of, of being here is we're like super close to, um, to Bali and the International Airport. I think I mentioned it on our first podcast that one of the reasons why I like to live here is for that, is the quality of life as well as the quality of dining. And... Um, and they were, they were, they were really, really nice people. And they sort of come like four or five days at a time. And, um, that also helped tick us over. And then the last time when they came back, they actually, uh, uh the guy said to me, Oh, we want to come back. We're going to be leaving because I got a job in Malta, but I actually can't work remotely and they have to, you know, so we have to move, but we want to do one last sort of time coming there. Um, and I, I sort of want to propose. Oh, that's a lie. He's already proposed. <laughs> I want to get married to my, uh, to, to, to my girl underwater. I went, that's amazing. Did you know that I'm an ordained minister? And he was like, no. I went, oh, right. Okay. Well, just so as you know, I'm an ordained minister. We can make this happen. So, um, obviously, you know, it's about as legal as Mick Jagger and Jerry Halls, right? Because although I'm an ordained minister, it's probably, it's not really valid here, but we printed off a, a really nice certificate and I wrote on a, on a, on a, on a slate, like a, a, you know, do you, do you kind of thing with a few funny lines. Yeah. And we went to Man's Point, um, the, the iconic man to point and came on in. Nick, uh, uh, one of my instructors here, he, uh, he was like official cameraman. So he came along <laughs> with a camera. We also had the, their GoPro, which I sort of was holding in one hand whilst messing around with the other one. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we married them underwater and it was mantas buzzing around. So they got, you know, the congregation of mantas and stuff. And <laughs> I almost lost a ring. It was perfect. It was about as perfect a wedding as you could be. I couldn't find a damn thing in my pocket. I was like, where's this ring? And one of them slipped inside the other one. So it fit inside. It was like, oh, God. <laughs> so yeah, we married them underwater. It was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was one of the highlights, but getting back to your original question. <laughs> sorry. It was, it was difficult for a while for, for quite some time I mean basically the, the, the domestic tourism which we had um, which was the odd expat or two um, and and the odd local person or two it, it basically then ticked us over it paid the bills it paid the wages um, like I said we did do things like you know boat share so we could keep costs down um, and that ticked us over until um, Indonesia really opened in March this year there was um, there was a time from probably the end of 2021 no last last quarter 2021 when you could get what was called a business what they had like a social business visa thing where um you could come in on a different visa but the visa was going to cost you about 300 dollars. there's no way anybody's going to put 300 dollars extra on their holiday for like two weeks but if you were going to you know be the sort of like backpacker type person or if you're going to spend like a few months then it was okay and it made sense so um uh so there was a sort of way in but until they scrapped that and did the, the normal visa on arrival in March this year, it was dribs and drabs. And then when, once the doors opened in, in March, then thankfully people started coming back and we managed to put some boots on the ground again. But um, yeah, we, we thankfully we didn't lose money to the point where we had to tr- just make it appear 
out of our <laughs> out of our bank accounts, which were also dwindling That's because right. we had to pay for food and and you know and living costs and stuff personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we 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 did have a nice little run of um, yeah. We had like you know we, we managed to get through, but it, it wasn't it wasn't easy. I mean. That being said, it's the same for everybody else. I don't want to yeah. whinge like I'm, that, that we suffered any more. I mean, we didn't suffer any worse or any better than anybody else, I don't think. Well, you didn't suffer, did you? Because you sat in the field. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, like, <laughs> so that first five months, like that first year, it was ridiculous. That first sort of five, five months, six months, that first year, I basically sat in the pool. I swam a little bit. Um, drank beer, obviously. And, uh, and I, you know, I mean, the sun's shining. So it's like, well, yeah, you know, people going, oh, you're going to go and go back to the UK or you're going to do this. I'm like, well, I've got a dog. So, you know, that's responsibility number one. I'm not going to abandon my dog. He's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, well, the sun's shining and okay, let's see in the pool. Um, so yeah, it was very much that, that was year one. And then when it ticked around and Christmas came around and then, then we came into sort of like January 2021, I was like, I have done nothing. I just like wasted a whole year of my life waiting. I'm sure there's probably a number of people out there doing the same thing, but, mm-hmm. but I'm like, right, I am not going to waste this next, this next year. I'm going to do stuff, stuff. Because <laughs> it's like stuff, what stuff? All encompassing. I'm going to do stuff. So I was like, well, there's a few little maintenance things we can do or I can do around the place. I'm quite handy and I can do this and we can do this and I can try and learn the, the language better because I'm horrible at Indonesian and any language. And I wasted another year. <laughs> it took right to the start of 2022. And we're like, what happened there? Um, so I went, yeah, maybe wasted. I mean, I did get some maintenance stuff done, but it was just like how at the time every day drags into another one and you're like, yeah. God, this sucks. And then all of a sudden, yeah, another year's gone. And you're like, wow, I've just lost two years of my life, which I'm never going to get back. And, um, you know, and then it, it's, uh, and it's a strange old world. I got, you know, I got friends who sit every, every side of, of the sort of sliding scale of like, it's a hoax to everybody's going to die. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously like, and they're still sat in various different corners now. And, you know, I'm like, well, I've got an open mind of things. I'm sure there's going to be some statistics at the end where things might not have been as bad as others, but this needs to be done. But at the end of the day, everybody's lost two years and we can't get them back. Yeah. What's important now is to kind of like truck on and try and try and do your thing. I mean, business wise, obviously we were two years in the wilderness. So, um, I was talking to friends of mine and, and they're sort of under the agreement that pretty much every month that you're shut, you're kind of like two months behind in what would be, say, income. So we're probably, you know, three to four years behind in, in what would have been putting some cash away and sort of trying to, you know, and then developing and, re- you know, and, and whatever. But again, we're, we're, we're the same for everybody else. You know, you can kind of woe is me stuff and be absolutely miserable about it. But at the end of the day, we got through, we survived. There's definitely people who I'm sure would have been worse. And um, and we're open again, and we've just had quite a good season. So yeah. hopefully, it seems, seems busy. Yeah, we're not. We we had a good a good like ever since we opened in March, we had bums on seas, and we've not had like, like high season was was busy. It was all hands on deck. Um, uh, we had two boats out, which was nice. Um, there was a couple of days when there was no equipment left, <laughs> which, which is good. Which is, yeah, it's good, but it's also a bit of a head scratcher because you're like, oh my God, have I got enough? What if everybody's small? Because you do get those days where everybody's small, everybody's extra small, everybody's medium or something. You're like, oh Christ, really? I've run out of bloody medium. But, you know, 
um, you can only do what you can do. But yeah, so so we managed. You know, we got we we had two boats out quite a lot. Like June, July, August, September, October was great. November it started like looking like it was slowing down, but it and and it did. Um, uh, and the same for December. But you're getting a, a lot. The, the problem for this year, more than anything, was people were coming back, but they weren't booking as far in advance as what they had done. Yeah. previously so in a in a previous sort of couple of years before we were closed um you get a bunch of emails and you'd have like a whiteboard and you'd be like okay cool so i'm full this day i'm full this day i'm full this day this is great i've got some spaces then i like that i like i like booking in advance because that way you know and it's not, it's not like i take delight in turning people away but if i'm full <laughs> i'm full and and it makes me you know i'm, I'm good i know like i can organize stuff better because i'm not the smartest you know i'm not the smartest kid out there so it's like okay this is great, this is organized. Whereas if you've got, you know, a bunch of days logged that this is okay, and then all of a sudden, in busy season, people just dive on in there, and you're like, oh, crap. And somebody wants to do like a, uh, like a tri-dive, like discover scuba diving, and then a couple of people might want to do open water course, and, and it gets kind of a bit bitty. And you're like, can I squeeze that in? Can I not? And then sometimes it's like, like I said, I'm not the smartest kid in the world. So he's like, you're not the Tetris champion of 2020. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't be doing any Rubik's cubes in five seconds. To be fair, um, I could have maybe if I'd have done one over the, over the pandemic, I might have finally finished it. Like that wasn't a waste of my time. Um, so yeah, uh, I, and then somebody said, "All right, I, I can't. You know, this doesn't compute. I'm sorry, I can't do it. You know, it, there was just some days we're just too tough. It's like you know, fun, we got this many fun divers. I'm gonna have to try and draft in. I don't know, find a freelancer from somewhere. That was the other thing. Um, things got a little bit busy and people that then, you know, um, uh, people on the island and stuff, because a lot of people like Indonesians and stuff, they needed to either go home because some Indonesians are from, say, like Java, some are from Lombok um, and they were working around here and they were going, OK, I've got to go home um, because they're not going to be paying any rent, you know, or they couldn't afford to pay rent. So they would go and live with the family. So then all of a sudden, when things were doing an uptick, everybody was after staff. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, got got those. We're gonna stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, logistically it did get a bit hard, a bit quick. But like I said, thankfully we we kind of pushed through. And there was like, there was days when I'm like, all right, we we got to this point. I'm not gonna try and squeeze a body on a boat just because. I mean, as much as as much as we need money and everybody loves money in some respects, I'm like, no, nah, there's just a there's a level of quality and a level of whether it's service. I'm not gonna it's, stick this it's on a for fine somebody. balance, yeah. isn't it? You know? Yeah. You go down the greed route or you go down the, the customer yeah. care route. Like, can, can I fit somebody extra on? Yeah. Is it worth it? Not today. No. <laughs> no, no we're, we're Not done, if no. it's my size and takes up that we're, much space on the boat. We're, <laughs> we're, we're done now. We're done kind of thing. So yeah, it was, um, so we, we've had a good bounce back and hopefully that's going to roll into next year and, and people will start coming back again and again and again. I mean, I think we were talking on the boat with, with, with Jazz about, um, uh, the whole kind of Indonesian law which is being passed of um, people like there's like you have to be married there's no sex before marriage which is coming into Indonesia now and like the newspapers really like that headline and that made international yeah. stuff so some you know British tabloid press going you know you can't do this anymore and uh, I, I'm pretty certain that's not going to affect tourism because it's going to take a couple of years for it to come in anyway and everybody will have forgotten um, can, you and, can you imagine the uproar though? You know, you're you're with your fiance on holiday, but not not married, and you get the door kicked in because uh, yeah. they think you're going jiggy jiggy without being married, and you're going to jail. Yeah, that would kick off a so not good. World War Three. Well, it would, it would. <laughs> and the thing is, I mean, without without being um, insulting or trying to be insulting in any way, shape, or form, um, obviously Indonesia 
being such a big long chain of islands Mm. um and each island dominated by whatever that particular culture is on that particular island Mm. it doesn't necessarily fit in with that national kind of call anyway that's not to say that you know that 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 people go oh yeah just go sleep around you know they're not as hedonistic as as it is in kind of some respects in like uh in like a the, the sort of like european westernized sort of setup where um, where that can kind of go on a lot, but it, it's um, there's plenty of areas where they they get married once somebody might have got pregnant. <laughs> so um, I, you know, I, I, I it's 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 more of a um, I think it's going to be like it, it it won't really affect any any tourists like any foreigners. Um, and I, th- I think to be fair, though, I mean, it's got a, it's got a link to religion, hasn't it? And it does. Yeah. I, I actually respect the fact that they're trying to protect their religion. You know, if if if, if it was left to run, um, you know, if we run them fifty, sixty, seventy years from now, and they're dead, equivalent to what the UK is like now, where you know, there's religious people, there's certainly a lot of different religions, but the, the, the intensity of religion isn't that great in, for example, the Church of England. No, no, for sure. Well, I mean. I, I think it's the, the thing is which is which is difficult. Well, I say difficult. The thing the thing which is which is also um, a, a a reality in this area is that nationally, um, Indonesia is is a is 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 a Muslim nation. It's the biggest Muslim populated nation in the world. Mm. It's the biggest Muslim country in the world. And on a if you're looking at it on a wide broad vision, it's a Muslim country. Yeah. But when you go to individual islands. They're dominated by something else. So, um, so I mean, you take this island for example. This is a Balinese island. So Balinese tend to be Hindus. Um, it's like it's like a version of Hindu with an extra bit of something like kind of wiggled in there, and there's like a bit of a mishmash. But it's essentially Hindu. Yeah. There's a Muslim village up the road, but it's just the one Muslim village. But we're dominated by Hindus. Yeah. Um, if you go to, I mean, if you say for instance, if you go to Sulawesi, north part of Sulawesi is is Christian. The middle and the south is very much uh, Muslim dominated. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, there's a there's a there there, there is a, a sort of disparity. Obviously, o- overall, the the population is mostly Muslim. Yeah. But depending on like you got the, these little pockets and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, obviously they they you know I'm sure they've they've looked around and gone well. There's these things which which we're not too sure we're happy about. Um, I mean, the thing is, Bali makes its money solely. Well, I say solely, massively on tourism, major, 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 majorly on on tourism, and obviously that's girls in bikinis, that's dudes in bodies, that's surfers, that's whatnot. They got beach clubs, they got you know places, they got you know parties going on till silly o'clock in the morning, and you know Bali that they they've made that. I don't want to say deal with the devil, but they've made that sort of offset of um, compromise. Oh yeah, of of like you know that's that's money in with you know you're gonna get. Some of that sort of stuff. You haven't got you haven't got drunken lights in the street swinging punches like in like Lanzarote or whatever. <laughs> but like you know, it, it's it's a bit of a party. Yeah. Um, the good news is nobody wants that for these sorts of islands here. Uh, but yeah, you, you've you've got to. I think that you know that's definitely looking for a balance. And 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 when you look at other cultures coming in because you have tourism, um, I'm, I'm sure they feel that you know the more hedonistic small revealing bikini type stuff um is counterproductive to how they want the 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 way of their um their nation to carry on heading which i don't blame them 
Um, you know, at the end of the day, firstly, it's their country and it's their choice. But uh, secondly, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's, you know, a lot of people don't think about where they're going. And, you know, they don't think about some of these. Like, there was loads of stories about people who have upset um, uh, people by getting pictures taken outside of temple and they're in next to nothing and and uh and they don't realize but it's like well come on mate it, it's a place of worship i mean even like if you take the church of england as an example if you're you know in a string bikini hanging outside of saint paul's cathedral you're probably gonna upset a bishop or two you'll be like well that's a bit weird um so yeah i mean um i i understand it i understand they probably don't want that I don't want to say it's net. Well, yeah, I guess it could be in some respect. It'd be viewed as a, as a negative influence of just you know going out and and well, and it's it's not it's not respecting the local culture, is it? Yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of what you've got to do, especially here in Indonesia and further east you go. Yeah, the more aware you've got to be. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I think yeah, I mean, it, it it won't affect the foreigner tourists coming in anyway. So they'll you know just it's. It, it, they'll be the same. I think they're just, you know, trying to make sure that <laughs> Indonesians don't end up like Europeans, which yeah. I can understand. Although <laughs> something like turn to drink and drugs and fighting, that's not necessarily how they want it to go. So, yeah, good on them for that. Yeah. Hey, let's um, let's redirect back to diving. Um, in fact, let's talk about dive yesterday. Yes. Very interesting dive. I'll give you give you a bit of background. Um, uh, last time I was yeah last time I was here it's not my fault I'm, just I'm, so as you know make not, a disclaimer nothing to do with me <laughs> not my fault not my dive center's fault not any of my anything to do with my dive stuff's fault it was all you it was all me it was all me <laughs> it's all somewhere yeah. wrong now <laughs> but I was, on, I was on the boat last time I was here and just like Jason just done drinking from the flask and I had um, a, a the, the water, you would say, went down the wrong hole. You know, you assume you try to breathe the, the water, bit of a coughing fit, lack of being able to breathe. Uh, I went to Oztec at the start of October, and I listened to um, a presentation by Stephen Fordyce, who's been on the show, yeah. um, and he was um, he was presenting on um, laryngospasm. And effectively, what that is, is where the, the voice box kind of has two muscles, which allows the, the voice to work. When fluid touches those muscles, it forces them to close and has that reaction that I had, where I was, I'm trying to recreate it now, but the throat's still sore, but <laughs> without being able to breathe out. Um, but at the same time, feeling as though you're not getting any air in. Um, so it's a very confused feeling and, dare I say, uh, quite frightening. Now, I had it a couple of times and the last one was on the boat uh, mid in between dives. And then yesterday, um, and this was all in the first eight minutes of the dive, I checked the computer yeah, afterwards and it was yeah. just after eight minutes it was done. But I started to have a laryngospasm at 22, 24 meters and I could feel it and I could feel the restriction of the breathing, I could hear it, I knew what was going on, and I only knew what it was, A, because I'd had it before, but B, listening to Stephen on stage, and then Simon Mitchell, uh, a doctor, uh, going into detail about how to overcome it, and it's effectively just 
wait it out. Um, but I would say it was probably the most frightening dive I've ever done. You know, I've, I've run out of air a couple of times, but we practice for that. Yeah. So it's not a panic situation. And with this laryngospasm going on, I could recognize, because I've taught it so many times, I could recognize the onset stages of panic kicking in. And I'm thinking, fuck, fuck, ticked, fuck, ticked, ticked, fuck. Yeah. The next one is looking at the surface and thinking about vaulting. Yeah. And in that nanosecond, I did look at the surface <laughs> and think about vaulting. <laughs> 20 meters, oh, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> the previous day, I'd been refreshing um, emergency practices with my partner. And I've always taught, think, what, um, stop, think, think yeah. breathe, act. Very simple. So that kicked in. Right, Matt, stop what you're doing. So I stopped where I was. I mean, we had a bit of down current going on, a bit of current coming from the left as well. So it was all adding to the complexities. And I had a big-ass camera with me as well. But stop what you're doing. Think about it. Right, what's happening? The next step is making sure you're breathing. Well, at the moment, I'm yeah, not, not breathing. Yeah, that's, that's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> Fundamental. So let's get some stability. And I, I grabbed a bit of coral. A little bit of coral broke, so I found a more uh, a hard coral. And this is all happening within a 10, 12-second window. And as this is happening, I've got hold of the, the hard coral. Um, look down to my left, and Jason's three, four meters deeper than me, a couple of meters away. Looks up and can see there's something going on. So I've given him the problem sign and then just carried on holding on to the coral and focusing on trying to get that breathing back because I've still not taken a proper breath. And then Jace appears at the side of me, take, clearly sees that there's a problem going on, unclips my camera and, and, and takes the camera away from me so I can focus on what I'm doing. And then once the breathing started to return, there was still that panic going on. So the, the breathing was uncontrolled, very fast. I was still thinking, fuck this, I want to be up there. Um, but Jace, rightly so, communicated, look, are you okay? Do you want to stay? Do you want to go up? And I indicated we'd just stay for one minute because I knew if it had bolted for the surface or we'd have surfaced under control, then it would have been much more difficult to go back down. Yeah. Even with the experience that I've got, you know, that, that fear factor of not being, over, being able to overcome that particular situation, I think would have properly screwed up my diving for quite some time. Yeah, getting on a horse kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important just to put it out there because um, in the back of my mind afterwards, I mean, I, I think about things a lot. And then yesterday afternoon, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm. And I've done a couple of courses with my mate, Gareth Locke, who's in Human Factors, or is the Human Factors guy. And we've talked a lot about how, <coughs> excuse me, um, errors in judgment or faults on a dive or situations, all this kind of stuff should be discussed so that people can learn from it. And I think for me, by the end of yesterday, Arvo, after 10, 11 years in the business, I've never been in that situation where I'm in fear and wanting it's yeah, fight or flight. I mean, I, I agree. Uh, uh, the thing is, you you kind of like drill and you plan <clears throat> for things which might go wrong. And <clears throat> I don't want to sound blasé in any way, shape or form. Um, but again, I, you know, like yourself, I've been doing this for a long time. And mechanically, 
I don't care. Anything can go wrong. I've had earrings go. I've had hoses go. I've had, well, that's pretty much the fundamentals, really. But all those sorts of things go pop. And you're not instantly out of air. And you can still breathe. But physiologically, with you as an individual, that's difficult. Like, if you're underwater and you have anything, like, like laryngospasm or you know if somebody has a heart attack or if somebody has i i, I don't know a, a stroke or if some you know those any kind of pre-existing medical condition which you might not know or um or for whatever reason something happens and you and and somebody gets uh, malady or sickness that is a whole new ball game because you know like you say you you drill you go through safety procedures like you know you and jazz are all relatively you know close to each other your 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 diving buddies and stuff's good everybody monitors their air you know the dive masters do you know do their jobs and like i said i mean i've i had a hose i've had a hose blows on me i once had a hose go on a student before the student even knew it was a problem i had an alternate floating around in front of their face going i just take that but something goes on as you as an individual that's so much different because mm. it, it's di- like I actually so on that dive as well because obviously I was coming along for fun because um, you know uh, it's a little bit quiet right now and I'm trying to rack up a couple of fun dives before I go anywhere <laughs> so I was like yeah you're going to go and have some fun and I, and I saw I saw you um, yeah like sort of grab the uh, grab the sort of rock and I'm like well he's not taking a picture or anything and obviously like your, your camera was sort of dangling off you as well and you're sort of doing it I'm like okay what's going on here so obviously that's when I came up around the other side. I'm like, uh, are we good? And you're like, I got a problem. I was like, all right, what's up? And I, uh, but that's, again, when there's a... So you can say, I've got a problem with this or I've got a problem with that when it's mechanically. But when it's physiologically as well, yeah. it's like, how do you get that detail across? So like you were going... <laughs> you know, like, I've got a problem here. I was like, oh, you're feeling sick? Is there, you know, are we gonna, is it like possible... Um, vomit because of you know a bit of lunch or something's gone down wrong or you know sometimes when somebody burps into a regulator things kind of come up a bit or <laughs> or uh so i was like running these scenarios through and i was like, all right well i would just you know hang here until you're comfortable but yeah i mean the camera thing um i mean i i don't want to say i i i um i um i've i you know having dived with you a lot know that you um that, you know, you can self-manage yourself in many, many ways. But I was like, all right, well, if there's a bit of a problem here um, and you need to, you know, we, we need to come up or we need to do some other things, then this camera is very much going to be bulking in your way and you don't want it clattering around. You don't want to get in caught if something goes on. So I'm like, I'll just take that. So one of the reasons why, you know, it, it's like anything um, with, like, that's another task. The thing which I notice more underwater is even as comfortable as anybody can be, when you start introducing something extra it's another task and another task is another thing to think about and that's another thing to kind of like which can assist in people freaking out and stuff going wrong it's like yeah. oh, now i got a camera all right now there's this now there's this so i was like yeah i'll take it off it's a reasonable size um so i was like, all right well and, and then we'll just wait and you tell me if we're good and if we're not and then it's all right well then let's just swing shallower when we're good and we'll just flirt around and talk about it later but yeah it was um but 100 there is you know when when as I said to you afterwards, I, I've even even myself, I, I have like done I've done stuff here and, and and you know done some bits and pieces. And overexertion is one which any diver, I don't care how many years and how many dives people have got. If you do get yourself to the point where you're overexerted, you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. And it's like, and yeah, you got to stop and calm yourself down. Absolutely, I've 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 overexerted myself. Well, and I told you when I went and rescued this guy's real and SMB. <laughs> Not the smartest thing I've ever done. Um, into a current, flying into a current and stuff. But it was like, 
okay, I need to stop. Um, kind of can, but I need to. Yeah. And yeah, you don't, you want to be there. And, and, you know, you get your thing back together and just float and, and, and get your breath back. But it, you know, the good thing is you have to reflect on that. And then you kind of, you know, you sort of go, well, what would I do differently? I mean, in, in that respect, physiologically wise, there's, nothing you can do differently you did everything right you did the smart stuff there's nothing you can do differently if they say you gotta wait it out because obviously you can get those laryngeal spasms from things like swallowing water Um, a friend of mine uh, told me a story it's really quite sad it's really quite scary actually I mean those things are scary but he he was working remote in in Indonesia and um, and they had a course going on and this person did a CESA and they came up and Obviously, you got oral inflated BCD. So they came up from the CESA, did everything right, and then went <gasps> to take a breath and got slapped in the face with a wave, mm. took a mouthful of water, epiglottis shut, and, and they were like, and they were on the surface, like couldn't do anything. And this yeah. instructor was, got them out of water, was trying to sort them out. And there's, li- in some of those cases, like, I mean, you know, that sort of, like literally ingesting that stuff you you need to push the thing open mm. and luckily they because they were remote they had like a um uh what the what's the they had they had like a, a paramedic type person okay. and he actually intubated okay. to knock it open so you could get the airway and if you hadn't had that person around then this this person probably would have died because there's, you know, you can't get your hands down. So you, you need to get that, you know, that, that lever and, uh, you know, when you see them when they do that and you've got like the, the kind of like stainless steel medical thing to push it back down. Yeah. But it, it was no, nobody's fault. It was just a thing which can happen. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I'm like, well, that's scary. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's very scary. Um, I think it, the, the weird thing for me was it felt like I was breathing, but I wasn't. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that the takeaway from it, and I've, I've played it back a million times just since yesterday, uh, and trying to, trying to work out, you know, what is a, a good indicator that it's going to be yeah, coming well, on. Yeah, was, was there like a preemptive yeah, feeling or anything? Yeah. Could I recognize it again? Um, but no. No. And, um, and the whole scenario, I think there's no other way it could have been played out other than coming to the surface. Yeah. So I think. But even so, you're on the surface. If and you can't get air, yeah. if you if you've still got it, and you can, like, what what do you do? Yeah, yeah I mean that that's it. it. It's, I mean, you did the right thing. Though. Like, all yeah. you can do is just you can be calm, and and obviously, you know, your your um your guys at Oztech and whatnot, you know, you've already listened to the bits and pieces, and those sorts of random involuntary ones can go away again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's way now, but yeah, it's it's I can't imagine that's. I mean, that's not a fun situation. Like, how long is it going to be for my body? to be apparently working without much air yeah. until it kicks back in again I can get air but then you're gulping it in so you're going to want to be on the surface to, to yeah. gulp it in because that's that's your natural instinct I, yeah it's not I, I, I don't envy you in any way shape or form <laughs> well let me try nope but the good, I mean the good takeaway from it is that it's um, you know, for me it's given me a really good empathy I'm an empathetic guy anyway but a really good empathy for people who do have a, a bolt situation or a panic situation underwater. And we've, we've both had many people that we've, we've sorted out that have had a bit of a panic underwater. Um, but just to be able to understand that that brain function is going oh, off. Yeah. In my, my head, yeah. in my head, we've got it's the screaming. devil and the angel. Yeah. They're, having, they're not having a chit-chat. 
They're, they're yeah, in the cage yeah. in the UFC. <laughs> Fifth round. Yeah, yeah. elbows. Yeah, yeah. I'm going up. Yeah. No, you're not. You're staying yeah, yeah. here. You know, oh, no, for insane. sure. Yeah, I, no, I agree. It's like, um, the, I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> when in the, in the pandemic, so again, like we had zero people for quite some time. So a, f- a few of us who were friends who, who were working at dive centers, who owned dive centers or whatnot, we got together and we chip in for, to pay to, um, uh, pay for fuel and pay for a, a skipper and we did a couple of dives and, and you know some at the normal sites some a bit more like recce and whatnot and we did this one dive site um which is very difficult to do because it's even even when you look at it the tables and the charts and whatnot you can go down there's current and it's doing some dumb stuff and you're like oh jesus really anyway we get to this site and it's like oh we can probably dive it okay cool and it's that textbook complacency where you got a bunch of people everybody knows each other everybody's you know got experience generally and in the area and we drop in and we go down we're floating along it's quite nice and yeah this is good yeah this is awesome uh sort of thresher shark within like five minutes of a dive was like ah, banging that let's carry on going and i think of course everybody's kind of keen to be at the front so we're like cruising along the slope and things going all right and just checking my buddy and went oh how much air have you got and he's like i've got half a tank okay well we need to kind of come shallower and stuff and yeah. Um, we were sort of towards the front with, a cu- with another couple of friends. And then the current started pushing along. So, all right, well, we're going to have to turn around and fin into it. And everybody's like going deeper to go back. Well, we we were like sort of 24. And he's on 100 bar. He's like, well, we can't just drop down and kind of go against it. So we kind of came up to about 18, 16. And we're sort of trying to swim against it. We couldn't. Like, it was very, very difficult. Yeah. And then, and it was getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And it was winging it. Like, it just started punching and i'm like oh shit uh-oh and the alarm bells ring is like and, and it's that whole like here we are we're in a little bit of a remote part and there is and the and like and we're in lockdown so there's no boat traffic so with any luck so the only people out in the ocean in this particular part of the island is us and this boat and and i'm like let's hope that the boat's there because we can pop up behind this island and if they don't see us and i know where we're gonna be and um, we, could be, yeah. Long box and bow, wherever. So we, we kind of, we, we're cruising along and we're coming up and we're leapfrogging these, the, like, like the rocks. And as you're coming in shallower again, the current comes through there so strong that the rocks were basically smooth. So my buddy was trying to stick in like his tank banger. I was Billy Olympia. I was just like a gecko. I don't know. All of a sudden I had like, I had like this superhuman strength in my fingers. So we're like, we're staying together and we're like going up because you don't want to go up too fast. But you know, we, it's like, oh, we need Gabby. Anyway, we're like, and like there's just bubbles everywhere and it's like zipping along. And, <clears throat> and we got to this point and we're in about five, six, about six meters water. It's all safety stuff then. It's like, we're not going to do safety stuff though. Cause like this is like, this is hectic. And you breathe out and the currents were just going horizontal, just getting pushed horizontal. And I remember thinking, I am glad this is not a down current because we'd be dead. Like, like we I don't even dead, but we'd be fucked. It would be like, it would be that I need to get to the surface because down is going to finish me. Yeah. Up might finish me, but it was like, and these bubbles were just, they were just flying horizontal. And I'm like, how is this happening right now? <laughs> and hanging onto this rock somehow with just like these, I don't know, electromagnetic fingertips <laughs> for some reason. My buddy's doing this. I'm like, all right, you ready to go up? He's like, yeah. So we kind of did like a minute of a safety stop or something. And then 
literally i fast kicked because i was thinking i'm not even sure i'm going to be able because the current is doing this so much i'm like, i don't even know i'll be able to kick through it I'm like, i should be able to yeah. but I, I put a little bit of air in my bcd never done that before and sort of you know did a couple of quick kicks got up to the surface inflated the bcd didn't even put up an smb not worth it because there's no boat traffic anyway yeah. and uh, the reel would it would have been gone in like a second 30 meters a string would have been like it was the punchiest current and we get up to the surface thankfully you could see the boat although it wasn't where i told them they should probably float just in case of because we didn't really know we'd not done this dive site nobody had so you know it might be best to float there so you get a good view no they were there it's like (laughs) (laughs) thankfully we could still see them so give them a wave they came and picked us up and um, my buddy had a d5 i was got a d5 and uh he's got like the transponder and all this sort of stuff 55 liters a minute he was doing it. So we renamed our little WhatsApp group the 55 Litres a Minute Club because, like, he was doing 55 litres a minute at that, like, when we were there. It was, it was not fun. And, yeah, like, you're going, I need to be up. I need to be up. I need to be smart about this, but I need to be up. But, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't panic, but I, I was worried, like, the currents around here are no joke, and where we were, and the fact that there was not a single boat around, is like, I also don't want to be floating in the middle of the ocean for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, yeah, that, that, that was a, that was a fun one. The other guys, they'd all managed to about turn and kind of swim out of it and get back to where they Cheers, were. Easy. So I, I, I was, I was looking at my buddy going, why, why did you breathe your air so fast pre this point? Mm-hmm. We could have just gone that way <laughs> instead. <laughs> We get that way. It was, yeah, it was brutal. It was, yeah. it was like a, um, and, and it was one of those ones where, um, I, you know, I like to think that I'm pretty bloody conservative with a lot of stuff here, but you know, you, like I said, you, you, we, it was nothing but complacency because, you know, you've got a bunch of friends, everybody's dive professionals, everybody's either got businesses on the island or working on the island yeah. and knows the area. <clears throat> and yeah, there was no reason why I couldn't have been like, two, three people back. <laughs> Somebody else go, well, don't go, guys, let's go this way. Yeah. You know, there's no reason why my buddy could have done the same, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly once bitten, twice shy. Well, I mean, like you say, this this island, it's got some rippers of currents when it wants to. Have you ever had to, you know, have you, have you got to a dive site and gone, no, fuck this, it's too much? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, we've, we've actually, one of, the, one of the really nice ones up here, Toy Packer, Yep. Um, number of times you, you can really kind of go there yeah 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 for sure you, you kind of like rock up and you're like yeah not so much um, because you know you need to start and finish something. in fact arguably one of the worst dives I've ever done here let's say worst dives not worst dives but one of the most difficult dives I've done would have been Toy Packer yeah. because out of nowhere because it's sat in that channel you can get random stuff and a rogue current came out of nowhere big down current and, um, and it picked uh, up towards the end of the dive the other day as well yeah 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 um, but it's also that that location that we saw the Mola Mola last time we were here. Yeah, <laughs> talk about random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, this is the thing. Like, you, you with, with some of these dive sites here, you need to get them on on. Uh, you know, like we plan them with, with tides and 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 um, uh, you know, and the right and, and swells and, and heights and whatnot. But obviously, our tide charts are Bali, and they're not necessarily even 100% accurate for Bali Mm. and the app which I use isn't necessarily bang on so I have to make best guess most of the time it's good um, but sometimes you pull up to a dice and you're like yeah we're not going to do that Um, it's 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 the ones which can be yeah like real tricky with current and, and, and can have the real more sort of 
can get rogue ups and downs and outs. Yeah. Um, those ones, you know, in, in channels and stuff like Blue Corner and Foyer Packer can be, like I said, you Blue Corner, that one's very specific, isn't it? Or it's very specific when you go and dive it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a, again, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a wimp. I'm a bit conservative <laughs> in some respects. But what I try and do for that dive site is I like to try and do it with, I would say, an upper mild to low medium current going through there. Yeah. Um, because think of me I, I've had to climb out of blue corner <laughs> not very often thankfully I'm normally pretty good and, and the times when I've had had to climb out of blue corner a few of times it's been because of other people have planned it and I've gone I'll come along for the dive and then it's like Jesus <laughs> um, but I try and do it with like a, a sort of mild easy current where where people be going well this isn't such a big deal why why do you only bring sort of experienced people here? it's because you need to be prepared for the fact that you can get uh, a down come yeah. from somewhere or an out come from somewhere and it can go a bit hectic um because yeah i mean often I, I, the way which i do it if it works out and i would say like 97 percent of the time it pretty much works out pretty good how I want it to do, but um, sometimes it's a bit quicker. Um, you, you can, it, it has cross currents there where you can drop in the first 15 meters of depth that you're in, maybe 18 meters, it's going away, which you want it to be, which is like your left side to the reef. And then you go deeper than say 18, 20, where you want to get in the canyon to look for the fun stuff, being the sunfish. Um, and it's coming against you, so you have to swim against the current. Um, you know, and ideally, you know, if that happens, you don't want a strong one because who wants to you're swim the, against the current because then you're in the 55 fleet exactly <laughs> exactly and you don't want to really nobody wants to swim against the current and then go well, what's the point in that yeah. um, but also for me it's like when we jump on in if we happen to be there <clears throat> because you know it's one of the popular sites for sunfish if you get there and there are sunfish there and the current's quite strong we're well, not going to be able to take a picture or slow down to sort of film it or enjoy it as much mm. whereas if you've got like a more mild current you you can stop and you can you can you can control yourself better it's a bit like our manta dive because our manta dive tends to be there's not real current it, it, it's more that that surge so it's a lot easier to control yourself than if you're in a current and you're fighting to stay where you are mm. and or trying not to get in the way of the manta but if you're fighting against the current and trying to hide and stuff you can get in the way um so yeah if we got like a mild current cruising through there and there's there's a sunfish you just got to bat your fins a couple of times and you're still there and you can enjoy the moment a bit more that's my rationale yeah however <laughs> whether it pans out or not no it generally, it generally does I mean I've done it I've done it on some on some other tides and it's been yeah it's, it's definitely you know it can go fast through there and it can be um, a trickier dive um, I mean it doesn't really matter if, if, if the current's a little bit faster but then your dive is over by a certain amount of time because again it, it's just a it's not a particularly big dive site it's a prevailingly deep dive um, so I mean generally you're pretty much doing like a 40 minute dive max um but it's, um, like I say, like for, for me, I want to try and make it as easy as possible for everybody. Um, obviously, you know, if you've got some current, the fish tend to come up in the water, come a bit more. But if we're there trying to find some fish and they are there, they're coming to the water to get cleaned. So if you can slow down and stop and take pictures and get all these really, really nice ones and, you know, and everybody's happy, then that's, that's the, that's tends to be the way which I try and do the dive. Um, but, as long as they're getting their clean, they're happy for you to take the photos. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But you know, I mean, the thing is as well with sunfish, even though they are incredibly weird looking and they are, they don't look 
in any way, shape, or form, like they can handle a current, they yeah. can handle a current. You said that the speed of those things when they want to go, and well. they can put a hammer down. Yeah, yeah, they can go, they can go. It's like watching two big doors open and close, like with those fins going. It's kind of nuts to watch. It really is. Um, but yeah, they they can get up a rate of knots. So you know, although the current can be pretty savage through there, they can deal with it, and obviously, you know, way better than we can. But, oh yeah. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's uh, it's strange. It's yeah. Strange. But and then today, man to point. Manta Point turned it on. Manta Point, you're good, yeah. Oh, <clears throat> I, I've, I've dived Manta Point many, many times here with Jace. Sometimes not with Jace, he sits in the office. <laughs> but <laughs> today was the warmest I've ever dived it. I think it was oh, 20, yeah. 26, 27 yeah, degrees. Yeah, 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 good time of year, yeah. And yeah. it was like 15 Mantas. Yeah, yeah, They're just continually coming back round. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Yeah, it was a nice one. Well, again, you had a good one with Mangus. Mangus, Mangus does a good job of, of, of sort of directing people to other spots. Mm. In the in the really, really shallow water today where like the, I guess you could say like the, um, um, a, a, a sort of um, point of interest. Is, is, that, is that where the snorkel army goes? The, the, big, the big rock, yeah. the sort of point of interest especially if you map that dive site, everybody knows where it is, um, you know, where, where that sort of um, most people go and kind of hang out. Uh, there was a couple there, but again, when you peel yourself away, there's, you know, they get cleaned all over the site and then you can find, like, we, you know, we were, we were in, in similar spheres today because yeah. I, I had a couple of guys which I was, you know, I saw you guys underwater. I wasn't too far from you and we were, like, navigating around a little bit as well. And Yeah, it was super nice, man. It came nice and close, gave us a nice big wave. Um, I've got some cracking video footage. I bet you did. That, yeah, we stayed over that. Um, that melanistic it, it, one was pretty chill, actually, beautiful. as well. Was it? I think it was pregnant. Uh, got a side profile, I and it was chunky yeah, monkey, both top and bottom. It was. I. I. I she. Was, she was definitely quite, quite relaxed. Because sometimes, um, uh, you, you know, like they they kind of come on through, and they're not. Uh, they're not sort of. You know, they just zip past. But mm. the, I do find that the, the pregnant ones do tend to be a bit more. Um, chill. That might just yeah. be because they're, they're heavier. They're carrying a baby. Like I can't be bothered. Um, but, <laughs> well, but she, she was this but close. Someone, yeah, so but, but, but they're also the kind of like real close as well. Yeah, yeah. I know. Sometimes I don't know if I don't know if, if it's like oh, I really want to eat some coal, and now I'm really curious about people. You know, like <laughs> the taste buds are gone as well as the curiosity levels gone up. You know, yeah. a bit like you know pregnant females everywhere. But it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes you can you can get yeah they, they can really kind of come up and mm-hmm. and like be friendly. But that's that's cool. Yeah, she was yeah. she was she was wicked i didn't i didn't have a good look to the side of her because um i had a friend of mine who i used to work with who's never seen a manta and didn't believe in them um and the guy that was on the boat today nick yeah. really yeah he'd never seen oh, i didn't know that 30 years of diving <laughs> and five thousand dives. Saw plenty of them now he's like i've been to these places and people have guaranteed them and all of this stuff and blah 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 i was like all right yeah cool um, I'm like, well, you know, I can guarantee you fish. There's no guarantees. I'm like, you've got a good chance. Well, we'll have a look. So we've seen them recently and we dropped in and like, you know, two minutes in, one just goes, eep. <laughs> we're bad. It's like, there's Manta. And went, there's one. And then, yeah, we're down the same. So that, that black one came past you guys and then kind of banked and then went shallow and came up sort of like followed like, like the reef edge yeah. and he was there and, and it just sort of swam past him. He was like, just let me enjoy the moment, obviously, like everybody else. But yeah. I didn't, I didn't really focus too much on her, but yeah, she was definitely female, but she's yeah, pretty, yeah. probably. <laughs> I just had a flashback to, in fact, the previous visit, or a couple of years ago, actually, 2000, oh, a long time, four years, 2018, came through with Tim, yeah, Tim Morris, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he'd never seen mantas, and uh, <laughs> t- Tim is built like Jay, it's very, very slender, um, and 
nowhere near as much muscle either. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets cold like that. So he was wearing two five mil wetsuits. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah, it, it, it was cold. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was a chilly. Yeah, 20, you were back July, wasn't nineteen, it? twenty yeah, degrees, something like that. Chilly, yeah. yeah. And um, he'd never seen mantas, so we, we dropped in. First thing he sees within thirty seconds, two or three mantas. Three and a half minutes into the dive, he's getting my attention. He's like, "Okay, I've seen a manta. Let's go." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I'm done. I'm done." No, it's all good. It's, it's still, good. I, I still like the fact that you you've done better than me at manta point in the fact that um, when you were when you were on the hunt for the sunfish. And I was like, no, you need to come back on this day and we can sort you out. And you came out next year. We jumped in. We went to Crystal Bay, went in, went down. There's a sunfish right there. Okay, cool. Brilliant. Takes pictures. Then went down to Man's Point and I was with, um, with, a, with some of the other guys and you were with Mangus, I think it was. And you jumped in and went along to the wall. And then we saw you, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds, two minutes later. And you're like, the I've never seen a Molomolo at Manta Point in all of my years here, in all of my dives here. Never seen one. Everybody at some point, like there is always somebody at one point in the year will get a sunfish, swim around at Manta Point, and you know somebody even lucky will get a manta and a sunfish and take a picture because yeah. a manta swims past. Never seen a mother at Manta Point, um, and Joy was taking a picture with me right <laughs> in a fucking cave. Was was. Well, so we, were, we were waiting from outside. You're like, oh, it's sunfish over there. It's like, oh, cool. I've never seen one at Man Point. Let's go and have a look. Oh, no. People have crowded it. In this place yeah, now. it's gone. And yeah, it's gone. And it was like, man, I'm so jealous of that. So jealous of that. Have you still not seen one there then? No, I've never seen one there. Never seen one there. Uh, I mean, you know, it's. I only want to see one there when a manta swims past as well. Yeah. Because that. Uh, with a pygmy pipefish riding its back. No, I don't need all that. It would just, <laughs> it would just be nice to have that. And, and people, I just, it sucks when you get, you know, there's a, a guy I know and he's, he's, um, he got a picture of a bloody sunfish and then a man is swimming past it. And I'm like, oh, fuck you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you just, ah, yeah, that's just, that's even worse. It's just rubbing it in. But yeah, I mean, that, that was cool. Uh, and I've also never seen, which you're also beating me on, I've never seen sunfish. Uh, on two subsequent dives. So I've never seen one and then done, done an next dive and seen one now either. Um, I, I, oh, yeah. Apparently I missed... Yeah, <laughs> what are you? Uh, apparently I missed one once when we did a dive on Chenningham Wall and, and I think we did a Crystal Bend and Chenningham Wall one and, yeah. and I had these people and we shared them with some fish and then we were drifting along on a second one and they looked they looked out and there was one cruised along or something. I was like, well, why the f- did you tell us then? Yeah. <laughs> what did you get my intent? Well, yeah, so yeah, I've never seen them like back to back either, which is kind of annoying. Well, to be um, fair, it took me four visits to actually see a sunfish. Uh, yeah, but you know, but I was coming at the wrong time of the year, though. Good visits, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come at this time of the year, okay, and it happens. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That was actually a really good one. Yeah. Um, so, blue corner. Yes. Right forward. Yes. What's, what's the go? Are Going we, forward. Yeah. What's what's the, is, is there a master plan? There's a small plan. Um, at the moment, I mean, we're, we're still very much a work in progress. Obviously, um, you've got the 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 the, the owners in in uh, in, Lom- in um, Lembongen mm-hmm. um, at the the OG, the big base in Lembongen. Um, so we sat down, we were sort of having a conversation about moving forward because, again, the same thing would happen to Lembongen. Um, I would say the same thing happened to all the bases. You know, everybody's funds were drained. Mm. So um, you know, this year was good to kind of start getting back on our feet. Um, going forward uh, have a plan to um, build on this 
an extra classroom on, on the land here. I mean, obviously, people wouldn't have seen any pictures. Well, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of your lovely people have, have, have Google Earthed us and, and had a little look at, the, at where we are situated and, and bits and pieces. But our piece of land, um, we, we've got uh, about 15 metres area just um, on the end of where we are sat now, our classroom. Um, we're looking Check at- out my reels on Instagram because they'll be going up next week. There you go. I'll give you a walkthrough. Um, so we're looking at possibly building a another classroom and a bit of a kind of like a, a, a relax area on the other side. Um, my plan, because I'm the only one who stays here really, so um, the other two don't. So my plan is hopefully the one which is going to be the one which takes precedent. But um, I'm going to have an open wall so people can kind of like view the pool because it's pretty. An open wall so people can view Mount Agung because that's pretty. Um, and then just, you know, have like bean bags or something. Um, uh, some soft furniture, maybe stick a TV up, so you know, and a, and, a, and a hard drive. So after people come back from diving and they want to kind of relax and watch a movie or something, they can do that yeah. and, uh, and drink some beer from the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then above that, put a couple of rooms um, for like for m- essentially me to stay in one of them. Yeah. Um, and then moving forward, um, it would be nice to get at some stage. Um, build a management team again so get somebody to be like assistant manager so I can kind of have a bit more time to fund that with you yeah. uh, so that's a little bit and, and you know it's like you, you, you kind of grafted you, you, you sort of put everything into something it's okay well we built this you know and, and, and this is, is functioning it's going pretty well it's time to kind of hopefully take your foot off the gas a bit as an individual and slot people in to do some other roles um, and then the other thing which would be quite nice to try and do which I'm going to try and start doing next year is some really super basic but nice munchies um okay. of which so, we, so of which you, we talked about the, with, <laughs> with, 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 with like with um with uh, sort of like a sandwich machine yeah. because obviously on this island if you want the thing is this island is a reasonable size um so depending on where people are staying um there's like collections of of, of accommodations and restaurants and whatnot so there's always restaurants around um depending on what you know on, on what people's motivations are there's you know you can get some pretty good quality cuisine you can get like good local stuff you can get good foreign stuff um i don't need us or in my personal view i don't need us to have a restaurant here yeah as it were like by by a, a any stretch of the imagination because again people will go and eat elsewhere and perishable goods die really quickly which is a massive expense and i'm not smart enough to juggle a restaurant in it again in any stretch of the imagination yeah. what he talked about and not smart <laughs> um so um but something simple like toasties yeah. for instance you know people come back from diving even though we give them food on the boat you come you know diving takes out of you you get hungry do you want a toasty absolutely I don't know 30,000 rupiah boom there we go cheese and ham cheese and tomato whatever yeah. um, something simple um, would be nice and again then if people want to kind of hang out once we've done log books they're going to want to have a couple of beers and a cheese and ham toasty and watch the sunset kind of thing or whatnot we can do that and yeah. that would be that's kind of something to work towards I think it's a, a really good idea I mean like as I say, I've been here many times now, um, but you are kind of limited on the, the variety of what you can get and the pricing of local restaurants. I mean, that's it as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So if you want to save a bit of money, um, I mean, you can, you can get, like we're in Asa Santi, yeah. uh, the hotel, which is... Nice hotel. I'll, I'll hook you up. I'm in a good deal with these guys. But 900 Australian we're paying for 15 nights which is awesome. 
uh, but that comes with a breakfast. Mm. But then you've got to sort yourself out for lunch and dinner and snacks because you're going to get hungry. You put food on the boat, which is amazing grub, by the way. Whoever cooks that, just tell her she is wives awesome. Of, wives, wives of staff. Yeah. Is what it's it is. Brilliant. It's so good. Yeah, it's a um, But just to have that little snack thing when you come back off the boat, yeah. a cheese and ham toasty or a baked bean toasty or something like yeah. that, awesome. Exactly. It's yeah. way forward. But it's, and the thing is, it's simple. So, I mean, for... Like I said, for somebody of my IQ level, and for some, for, but, but also the thing is what, what you have to look at, and, and again, I don't want this to sound insulting, um, but obviously on our island, what we experienced a lot of growth in 2018 and a lot, and a lot of growth in 2019, and it was like going, we like this. But, um, you, you know, previous to that, you everybody here is basically had been doing things like seaweed farming, um, uh, farming, like you still got people who, who are growing coconuts and they bring them down and ship them over to, to, to Bali to get turned into whatever, like copper and, and, and coconut oil and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, so that's still a business, you know. You got people farming, like growing agriculture. There's a dude over the road who's growing maize right now. Mm. So, um, you know, there, there was not loads and loads of jobs. There was not loads and loads of restaurants. There was not loads and loads of accommodation. And it started going exponential. So having a really good level of English also is quite difficult. So you'll find, even in some of the, the you know, like, like you'll get some nicer restaurants, but if you go, oh yeah, can you not put this in it? Say you don't like something, or maybe you might be allergic to something, go, can I have like no onion? And then you can get like a bit of a weird look. So you kind of like need to know either how to say that, or hopefully these people know like enough English to know what. To, yeah. to take this off so to do something here somewhat simple because I just want it simple all round. so it'd be like you could have a girl whose English is super basic not, or not even and just go right cheese and ham there we go or just cheese or just whatever and they go slap and it's done as long mm. as everything's clean and you got you know point to the pictures exactly happy days yeah. boom done yeah. um, and, and you know you, you're keeping it you're keeping it simple things aren't overcomplicated you know nobody gets embarrassed nobody gets the wrong thing and, and it works out well, right. I, think that, I think that's uh, just picking up on that point there as well about Panida Panida is I mean the first time I came was what 2017 I think it was 18 18 I must have been start of 18 yeah yeah um, and I, I got excited as soon as I got here because it's it's a very young island when it comes to tourism so it's got that it's got that feel a lot of being of nat- yeah, natural grid. still, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and then with COVID kicking in and that two-year gap, even with the, the driver that I've got on Bali, you know, his English was very good mm. pre-COVID. <clears throat> now we're back to using uh, Google Translate a little bit just to make sure he's got the, the lingo right. So the same's occurred here, you know. People are now getting back into that routine of oh, trying sure. to understand how to... Yeah, exactly. deliver to Western people who expect it. And this, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. If you want to, you know, some of uh, some of the accommodations, and say, for instance, in some of the restaurants, you know, if you want to try and cater to these people and get them in, and obviously, you know, that there's a slightly bigger price on some of these, you know, places where you're going to go and eat. It's like, mm. but you need the people to be able to have that conversation, or, or at the very least, understand that maybe I don't want onion because I'm allergic to it, or peanut i got a peanut allergy or yeah. you know i mean there's it's pretty difficult uh, and again with the, the people traveling around the world you get people with you know nut allergies you get people who are what is it gluten intolerant you get all these bits and pieces and it's like if you sit in front i remember when i first came by <laughs> what's that 20 years ago and 
you go to, like you know go to a well, I mean don't get me wrong it was still built up in the likes of Kutu or whatnot but you go to like a little local warung and you'd be like you know and I, I'm not vegetarian but I remember seeing people go oh yeah can um this uh, nasi goreng which is obviously you know <laughs> fried rice chicken vegetables in it yeah, yeah. Uh, can I have the nasi goreng yeah but I don't want any meat okay has it got chicken in it yeah can I not have chicken in it okay comes out <laughs> it's got chicken in it oh it's got chicken in it I asked for vegetarian it is vegetarian Gotta be like, yeah. So you get like a lot, yeah, because again, like you know, that, that level's not there. Chicken is a vegetable in this area. Yeah. So you either accept that chicken's a vegetable or you're gonna have to go somewhere else <laughs> and pay a bit more money. But you know, that has over the years that has obviously, you know, changed where people do understand this a little bit more. Mm. Um, you know, like like if you, you can ask for vegetarian and you're getting it. Mm. Um, you know, like I said, some some parts on this island, you know, where, where if you start overcomplicating matters with, with a restaurant and you haven't got people who can understand certain things of maybe certain ingredients, it's not gonna work for you. This yeah. is this is why like, you know, I'm very conscious of that where I'm like, well if we're gonna throw something here, like we don't we, we don't need to be a restaurant here, partially because of our location. I mean, there is a couple of accommodations nearby, but you've got a beach club down there. They've got a restaurant. There's a place there. They've got a restaurant. There's a place down there. They, you know, you, you you don't want to be. I I don't think it's a smart plan. But right. something simple, you know, people come back from diving. Simple and reasonably priced. Why not? That's the thing. I mean, if you if you step up to do the the, the menu kind of thing, and you, you're then in competition with all the other restaurants. And it's, it's pointless. You're moving away from your business of <laughs> yeah. diving, aren't you? But if you put exactly. on a toasty... Exactly. Yeah, it's just something extra, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, and the other thing is, what will end up happening is I'll end up just eating nothing but toasties <laughs> and be completely fucking broke. <laughs> and nobody else being like, oh yeah, and it could be, I'm like, well, we got toasties, nobody else, just me. Yeah, that, that could, that, I mean, that's the other thing. It could go horribly wrong in the fact that I'll just end up eating my own body weight in toasties yeah. but um yeah i think i think it's a smart plan yeah. i think it's just it's just somewhat simple and easy um so hopefully we can implement that and like i said you can get somebody in who doesn't have to have a great grasp of english to go that says cheese and ham splat yeah that's twenty thousand. thank you very much yeah two um, bucks and you know and off you go so i don't know what so about. what about um are you, are you going to get back to doing the the pro side of training as well yeah, uh, very much. That's on the cards. We've actually got a um, uh, a, um, a presentation coming up in t- in a couple of days. Um, right now, what's happening is um, we've got two course directors on Len Bongen. Mm. <clears throat> one of them is one of the owners, um, and one of them does other stuff as well. But he's also a course director. So um, when we've got presentations and stuff, they'll come over here. Yeah. And then obviously, if we have any candidates here and want to stay here they'll come over and, and, and do it from here mm. um, and then at some point down the line yes we're going to probably look more into having a more permanent person here for that as well um, but obviously again we've got to see how well things kind of come on um, pricing of, uh, of materials and stuff aren't cheap in this region yeah. Um, uh, but yeah I mean we've we got to see how, how people are going to come on and, and how um how many people want to do their pro courses in this area again and, and on this island again Lembong is not too bad Lembong is quite well known for, um, for pro courses mm. um, I mean we, we did some dive master courses this year which was cool but um, that next one that instructor level um, there's yeah we um, I'm not sure this year was particularly there, there's another course direct on the island mm. um, uh, but I think next year we'll have to see I mean if, if next year 
he's as good as this year and there's some, there's some inquiries into sort of doing some instructor stuff then yeah we'll be straight on that that's one of the reasons why we're building this second classroom yeah um, because obviously with the with the IDCs you need pretty much um, three weeks and there's going to be almost every day you'll be spending some time in a classroom yeah. well then if you've got open water courses as well you might need a bit of a classroom action yeah or, to be fair if it's high in the summer you don't want to be sitting outside doing this or, kind of stuff or rescue or, or, or something like that or an EFR something um, you're going to need it so when, when we had an overlap in the past we got another TV we sort of stuck it in a bar and just sat on the bar stools um, but to have another classroom would be useful for that so um, so that's that's one of the reasons why so we're, we're planning ahead for that um and uh, yeah, so maybe that will come along, and and we'll we'll go with that. I'm I'm not the smartest again when it comes to that stuff. I know very very little about about the the, the logistics of it. Obviously, I went through it myself, mm. but um, running running IDC logistics of that, you know, all all those bits and pieces, and and, and I'm like, that's all, that, 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 that's all you got. I got enough. Yeah. I got enough to do. That's for you to take on because you're the course director. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. I will be here. You tell me when you need a boat, when you want a boat, where you want to go. I'll sort you out with a boat. Other than that, peace. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. So for a course director that wants a job. <laughs> a self, when's, a self, when there's another classroom. A self-motivated organizes everything logistically off you go go and do it yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah. so we're, we're probably gonna be looking down that line at, at some point again you know but um uh, like i said it, it's very i mean uh, and, and of course they're at the level you should be able to do all that stuff anyway yeah just come to me and go i want a boat on the on these days and i'll be like yeah no problem yeah but, uh, again you've got someone who's going to teach someone to be an instructor they need to be competent and doing all of that stuff and yeah nine times out of ten they want to do it anyway yeah absolutely absolutely so that that's the, yeah so moving forward uh, obviously we have to see i mean you can have an idea but we have to see what what's going to happen with the world we've got to see what's happening with the markets we've got to see what's happening with people we've got to see what's happening with you know obviously fuel's quite expensive right now with things like wars in ukraine and whatnot mm. um <clears throat> i'm going home for christmas and it's cost me an extortionate amount of money but thankfully my parents went oh we'll pay for your flights because it'll be christmas like, yes <laughs> um <laughs> But, you know, it's like stuff is quite expensive right now. So obviously we don't know, you know, we we can try and prepare ourselves as best as we can so that we can react in the right way when, you know, when people are turning up again. Um, Hopefully this year was a good sign of what's to come. Um, And next year we'll be building again. Um, But the, the world looks like you know economically people are having a lot of trouble anyway so yeah. um, the good news is obviously everybody always wants to go on holiday but how much money have you got to go on holiday yeah. but if you do go on holiday come here uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> to, be, to be honest and um, I mean if you're, if you're still listening to the podcast you got this far I would strongly recommend coming to Noosa Panida um, I've bounced back here I, I've lost count now but um, five, or six times, five or six times easy and I, I just love it I think it's a, an oasis and it's so convenient and easy to get to Chase mentioned earlier on about um, the uh, difficulties in getting into the country and they've made it almost seamless now because we did instead of the visa on arrival we did the e-visa e-v-o-a or whatever it is yeah. uh, on the phone um, you know coming through um, <coughs> Bali Denpasar uh, we literally spent 15 minutes from start to finish including collecting bags that's cool they and it was all done so much better now yeah so easy when they first opened it was a little bit difficult but now they, they've done a really good job actually yeah. the thing which they, they did amazing at which, which blew my mind was in the pandemic 
when people, so everything was shut and flights were closing, people were putting borders, shutting them down, going, nobody's allowed in or out or whatnot. Um, <clears throat> Indonesia basically waived everybody's visa mm. and said, whatever visa you're on, you're more than welcome to stay until it's over. Didn't charge anybody a bean, yeah. which was I was like blown away. It was it was one. It was a very 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 nice thing to do because mm. I mean they could they could have gone, dude, get on a plane and leave us. You know you're not supposed to be here. Or show us your money. Yeah. Didn't do any of that until like you know until it was kind of things were opened up again. They're like mm. off you go. You're like, like, kind of like an amnesty, really. Yeah. yeah. It was it yeah. was it was incredibly nice. Yeah. Um, and very. I mean, it was one of the most altruistic things I think you could see of any nation. Actually, it was it was pretty cool because other people were just like going, "You need to leave, or else <laughs> like you're leaving, or you're stuck." And there's you know, and and um, uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was very very nice of them. Um, yeah. They did you know, and and they they literally waved everybody's you know visas like okay, well you know you're stuck here kind of thing, and and um, and that was yeah that was that and yeah. yeah, but and that was that was really good for a lot of people as well because they're going cool i get sunshine and like some of these villas were cheap so people were staying like you know in like half price villas and, and whatnot but yeah um that that was a really 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 decent thing to do it was yeah. super super nice because you know there's like i got a buddy who was stuck in london and um and he had he still had to pay for his for his visa and whatnot mm. um i nearly got stuck in new zealand some people that would <laughs> Just across the water from the missus for six months or whatever it was. Yeah, but it was, yeah, so, you know, it was nice. And, and they are, I mean, they, they are, I think they, like, with a lot of the um, uh, the electronic stuff, they, they've been stepping up. Like, you've got the, you've also got the e-customs um, declaration thing. That's right, yeah. So you do all that as well. It's all, oh, you know, there's my phone. I'm like, oh, cool, that's a phone, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, they, they've got a lot of that stuff going on. Um, there was some issues with their with their health app for a while, um, which they've sort of. I think, Pedulingi or yeah, whatever the, it's called. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that one. That that's. But that's um, that seems to be getting better with each incarnation. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, they're they're embracing very much more and more and more a lot of this electronic stuff to streamline things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can you can practically skip on. I mean, sometimes when it's busy. You could be held up a little bit, but no more than any other airport. Mm, yeah. um, so it is, it is still nice and easy to get to. The, like I said, the, the issues for, for everything is globally is going to be the expense of flights, yeah. but that's going to be anywhere you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, um, I mean, you know, like I, you read the newspapers and stuff and people talk about an economic downturn and housing prices are crashing and people are getting, you know, like there's, there's, uh, there's like a downturn and it's, it's like it's all pretty horrible but then I suppose on the on the bright side with all that people want to escape and go on holiday yeah. so that's where that's where we that's where we fit in quite nicely so um so if people can still afford it it'd be nice to yeah we'll still be welcoming people coming on in but yeah it seems like um the world's not you know there's been a bit of a bit of a almost like recession on a go I think it's a recession in all but name nobody's actually outwardly said recession but because things have shrunk as far as as far as uh, countries not making any money, I think they're practically in a recession. I yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not an economist, but it's, it sounds like they're just not admitting it because it sounds horrible. <laughs> like, oh, if we're in a recession, it sounds horrible and everybody's miserable. So, well, that's all right. Everybody's miserable anyway. It's winter in, the, yeah. it's winter in Europe. Everybody's miserable. You get over it and go on holiday. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. So, but this is the, the good thing is people always try and put some money away. I remember I, I always used to that. Everybody tries to put some money away to go on holiday. So, mm. yeah, I mean, you know, the, the flights... If I'd, if I'd gone home 
in February instead of Christmas, which even though my parents aren't particularly practicing Christians, and although I do love Jesus's birthday because it's my favorite time of the year, I'm not the best Christian in the world either. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm a horrible human being. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horrible human being. But, you know, it's that time of year when it's really nice to get together with people. Um, if I'd have pushed this back till February, I think my flights would have been my high price. Yeah. Um, it's somewhere like 550, 600 pound return in February. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the problem that we're in, though, because of, the, because of those pandemic years, everybody's got to make back, and that includes the airlines. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like my prices to the UK in July. Um, Qantas, thank you very much. They fucked up my flight and cancelled it without telling right, me. Yeah. And then I had to purchase again at short notice, and it was it was another 33, 35% on top. You know, so it was a Brute. five and a half grand return ticket. Savage, isn't it? You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's anyway, not fun. It is. But fun. I mean, you are flying from the furthest point to the furthest. <laughs> it's like, what I need to do is go as far away as I possibly can from my original point of origin. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I actually did the longest, the longest world flight is from London to Perth. That's, was that like 21 hours or something? Oh, I can't remember, 18, 20, but I did it. I did it on the return journey. Wicked. It was hell. Was it? Yeah. Was I, was it, I, was in, I was in premium economy. Was there no alcohol on the plane for that? <laughs> well, the thing is, I didn't, want to, I didn't do the alcohol. I was, I was going to, but I thought, no, if I do that, I'm going to have, you know, one will turn in at three, will turn in at ten. And I'll end up with a hangover, and I'll still not be on the deck. Yeah, in Perth. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So um, no, I stayed away from that. Uh, but that was a long flight. I bet. What's that? I think it's like nineteen, twenty hours, isn't Something it? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. That sounds. That sounds kind of fun on the one hand, and on the other hand, it sounds like your worst nightmare. Yes. It could go one of two ways. I couldn't imagine doing it in economy. Not that I'm a, a snob or anything like that, or a princess, but yeah. being six foot two and one hundred and fifteen kilos, those seats are not designed. For the man of 2020. Uh, <laughs> Isn't the man of 2020 a woman? 19, <laughs> 1970, maybe. <laughs> the man of 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I um I I'm not good with I'm not good with economy class either. I mean the fact the fact oh well I say that I see any class which I travel in, but I'm not great with it. I mean I'm great with the food and yeah. the drinks and the free TV stuff, but I just don't you know a seat pitch anything less than like flat, and I'm like, well this is gonna be you know, if, if you got the broken up, be like, I'm going back via via Emirates. I love Emirates. Um, they they got they got a, a really 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 good setup. I love flying Emirates, but I never I'll never be able to sleep. I mean, uh, their in-flight time is great. Their booze is great. The food is great. But Jace can't sleep. Well, you've got the giraffe neck, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't work either. You'd think I'd be like lying down somewhere. It just doesn't work. I got one of them like neck pillows. And I just, I just, I don't know. It doesn't you're work. not seeing those latest things where you pull the, t- the table down and it's, it's like your, your water wings for kids and blow up this inflatable oh, really? semi-triangle thing that you put your arms in no, and your face on that. and it's got a hole in it. Oh, really? No, I'm not yeah. seeing that. It looks ridiculous. That's one of, actually, it probably is ridiculous. Well, one of the things which I despise the most about being in Asia, or Southeast Asia, rather, but I mean, it's the same for all of it, is for some reason, like... Southeast Asians and Asians can just fall asleep like that. Yeah. If they've got like five spare minutes, they're like, gone. And you sit them on a, on, a, on a bus, on a train, in a car, on a plane, they're like, yeah, done. Before the plane's taken off, asleep. Yeah. And 
it, it both annoys me and fills me with massive amounts of jealousy. Yes. Mostly annoys me because I'm jealous I can't do it. Um, <laughs> but you're like, how, how is that? There's like this weird on-off switch. Yeah. And I don't know how anybody can do it. I, I, like anybody, but it seems to be like that. It's one of those, it's one of those great genetic things which, which some people get and other people don't. Like, you know, so, um, you know, Europeans get to burst into flames in sunshine and, <laughs> A- A- Asians get to fall asleep whenever they want. Yeah, it's a pretty bad trade-off, really. But, but yeah, you're like, you're like, how does that? How and and it's every. I've not come across one Southeast Asian or Asian person I've ever met who's ever complained of insomnia. Yeah. I don't know if you have. You ever met Asian who's got insomnia? No, no, no. no. And they just fall asleep anywhere, and it. I hate it. I'm like, yeah. I, you know, I'm like, that really disappoints me. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm like, why why can't i do that and yeah you know but then they're just like this on a, on a plane and you're like how is your neck not like why do you not wake up in like pain or like how could, yeah anyway so yeah i i don't know i got a neck pillow doesn't work so i just I'll, I'll have gin and tonic on the flight and then you know stick the old neck pillow on and see if i can just pass out for four hours and wake up wake up numb somewhere walk up and down sit down and watch another movie and eventually get Eventually, yeah. Not fall asleep on a coach going back to the UK. I was going back from London to Bristol. Oh, Can't fall asleep on those either. But yeah, you know, the usual. <laughs> I'm hopeless. Mate, it's all good. No. Right, let's wrap this up. Absolutely. It's time to have another beer and go and grab the missus for some dinner. Fantastic. Thank you so much um, for having me back. It's great to have you back. And ladies and gents, um, if you want to come, and I strongly urge you to come and dive in Noosa Panita, Hit up Jace. Uh, if he's not about, if he's not falling asleep on a plane, you can hit me up directly and I'll put you in loops with this company coming back on plane, the Maddox Scuba. Scuba. Um, thank you all for listening. Thanks for your support. And I'll see you in 2023. This is Scuba Go Go Under the Sea. The podcast for the inquisitive diver.